Hey guys, and welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report, the first podcast to bring you the local fishing report for Alabama's lakes and rivers, whether it's good, bad, or ugly. Presented by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Are you frustrated by your typical hunting and fishing magazines? Are you tired of reading content meant for guys up north or in the Midwest? Don't get left behind following the guidance of guys who don't hunt and fish in your home state. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors magazine subscription and become a better southern outdoorsman. Great Days Outdoors magazine can be found at your local Barnes & Nobles, Books A Million, Tractor Supply Company, Rule King, Bass Pro Shops, or you can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com. Also brought to you by Fish Bites. For more than 20 years, anglers everywhere have come to know one thing, that nothing says no to Fish Bites. We are the Fish Bites Nation, and this is your invitation, so grab some Fish Bites and get busy casting, because you can't join the nation without doing the catching. Ask for Fish Bites or Fish Club Lures, or visit fishbites.com. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. Uh, man, it is Thursday afternoon here in Birmingham, watching these clouds roll through the rain, then the sun will come out, then it'll rain. Man, I'm just trying to cut my grass this afternoon and uh, get the lawnmower out, put it back, get it out, put it back. And I'm sure the fishing's the same. You know, it looks like good weather and then it doesn't. And I know it's windy, windy, windy right now, but man, for the most part, it's been a gorgeous, a gorgeous week. And, and man, I'm, I'm excited to talk to, uh, talk to our guys today and, and see what the fish are doing around the state. I, I know that we've had some really good reports in the last couple of weeks, but, uh, man, you just never know from one week to the other. And that's why we do the show, right? Uh, to find out what they're doing. So let's get to segment one, man. We had not been to West point in a minute. So let's get down there to my buddy, Mr. Ken Bearden at West on West point Lake. What's going on, Ken? Are we hanging in there? We're keeping our lines tight. Yeah. Well, down here we we ripping some lips every now and then, you know. Well, one thing I feel when I get you on the phone, I know one thing: you catching fish somewhere, it, it, whether it's large yeah. mouth or spots or stripes or whatever it may be. You you putting some fish in the boat? Yeah, we I, I change with the season, you know. Just right. Kind of fish this lake so long, I, I kind of know where they should be at, what they should be biting, you know. We've we've had some the last three weeks has been really good as far as numbers, uh, catching the spotted bass. Um we've been averaging probably around thirty five a day. It's crazy because I can go right back to the same spot, you know, and catch them the next day and and they had don't have any marks in their mouth, you know. It's not like I'm catching the same fish every day, but uh just new fish moving in. Yeah, my, and, and there, you know, we fish for the hybrids and stuff with the spoon all through February and then March it changes and I just quit fishing for them because they're on the move to go up the river to spawn, you know, and um, usually in the, towards the end of March, uh, you, you start getting like pre-spawn fish on points and stuff like that and you, you go, you throw my Carolina rig a lot and shake your head a lot and um that usually ends at the last week of march usually you you swap to a, a 
Cinco, a floating worm, or a weightless fluke. Uh, this year, uh, we you know we had the storms come through. Boy, I mean, it muddied this lake up some really serious mud, and it still hadn't cleared up. So I'm really limited on where I can fish, and and where I am fishing is still. I wouldn't say it's muddy, but it's almost muddy. It's 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 a really hard stain, you know. The fluke thing's not gonna work, and the floating worm's not gonna work because uh, those are sort of visible baits, fish that they see it and they come get it, you know, because um, they're in a protective mood over the nest. They're protective over their fry and. Um, they can't see it, they can't come get it, you know. So I've kind of stuck with the Carolina rig lizard on the points, and and we're just hammering them, you know. So are they, are these fish, are, have y'all's fish already, are they already off the bed and moving postponed now? Well, it's been so dirty, you can't really tell. I mean, I'm looking at them, and their fins are kind of split, which is one thing that, you know, is your first sign that they're up there sweeping around. But I'm not seeing any fish that are just like really bloody and beat up from, you know, from like they normally are, like post-spawn fish, you know. Uh, it just, they, and some of them you'll catch them in the belly, you can look at them and tell, well, that and spawned out, you know. And then the next one, it looks like it's still got two rolls of eggs in it, you know, like mm-hmm. it hadn't spawned. So, yeah, the in the lake below here on Lake Harding, I, I talked to a boy the other day, and he caught them on on a frog and on a swim jig and a couple other things. I was like, "Oh, they're not bedding down there." And he said, "Well, you you can't sleep, you know. You don't. You just you don't know if they're um, they're done or if they're still doing or some of them's done. You know that you just don't know." Yeah. So you you know you're just having to fish. So. Like I, uh, Tuesday, Tuesday went out and, um, I fished, I got, I got tired of going to those where I've been catching them. And I said, I'm, I'm going to go to a different place. And, and, uh, we went to a place a lot of Alabama people put in as we hacky Creek right there in, on Alabama. And I just went as far back up in there as I could go, you know, and, uh, just fishing shallow. I, w- I wanted to try and find me a big large map because I hadn't hadn't caught a big one this spring. And sure enough, uh, we went back in a little little pocket that has a creek coming in, and and I picked up a spinnerbait because I mean the water's just real dingy, and I had two you know, big Colorado blades on there, and uh, end up catching one almost seven pounds in there as a blowdown tree. Nice. Um, yeah, and, and two or three others. That's a big fish. Yeah, well, West Point's got big fish. You know, we had the, the Georgia Division BFL came here in March, and um, there was actually a nine-pounder weighed in. Goodness. But but the guy, and I, I saw him. I was on a trip with two high school kids, and I talked to him out there that day. He told me he had a nine-pounder, you know, and I'm like, really, a nine-pounder? And so when I got through with the kids, I went over to the BFL weigh-in because I wanted to see this nine-pounder, you know. And he comes across the stage, and, well, he had left out of that creek and went to went over to, to Weehackie and Beezy, and, and his depth finders had swapped to Central Time, and the tournament was being run on Eastern Time. Oh, no. 
And so he was an hour late coming in. So his whole catch was zeroed. You know, oh, being an hour no. Late. But, but yeah, he, he had a one that was over nine pounds. And um, I think one almost seven was the big fish, you know, with his being disqualified. Oh, man, I bet he, you talking about a sickening feeling. I bet he was sick. Yeah. Yeah, well, when I saw him leave out of that creek, I thought, because after I talked to him, you know, he told me he had that nine, and he, he already had a limit, and he said, I just got two little ones I need to get rid of, and I might might be able to win this thing, you know? And about 10 minutes later, he cranked up and run out of that creek, and I thought, man, I don't think I'd done that, you know? If I, if I already had a nine and, you know, a limit and only need to get rid of two, I think I would just stayed in here, you know, and fish, but uh, he he made that mistake of not being on top of things, you know, with your, with the time zones being so close together yep. and everything. Oh, it just got fouled up. What, what, what weight ended up winning it? It was, uh, I think it was uh, 20 pounds and something, some change. Yeah. Was, and you know, I, I, I do not, you know, West Point, to me, anyway, and it may be different to some other people, but to me, I don't think of West Point as a big fish lake. It's not like a Gunner's Full or something like that, or even a Eufaula. I think of West Point more as a as a numbers type place, and you know, uh, hybrid and, stru- and 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 spotted bass and things like that. So it's it's really awesome to hear that that they're catching some that kind of quality largemouth in there. We we always have, but. It's hard for a person to just drive down here and put their boat in the water and start catching them. You know, you, you got to spend time out there on this, this lake. It, it, it is a little different than most lakes. Um, you, you know, you follow it's got so much shallow cover. You're going to have a lot of fish, you know, live shallow. Well, these, these, we have a lot of submerged timber that's out deep. And um, I actually heard a quote from a guy who, who was Kevin Van Dam's marshal when they came here with the uh, with the Bassmaster Elites, and um, he Kevin told him that when because it was a tough tournament. I mean, it's like four day event and forty three pounds. You know, was first. Wow. Reese won it, and uh, but he told he told that marshal he said, you know what the deal is uh, with these fish. He said when you when nobody's catching anything, they're buried up out there in that timber suspended all in that timber out there in that, you know, 30 and 45 feet of water. And he said, you, you can't get them out of there. He said, he said, I tried it. I could get them on, but I couldn't get them up and out of that stuff, you know? And, uh, he said, when they're out there, you, you know, it's just a very tough lake, you know, you don't have yeah. a lot of, there's not a lot of shallow cover. So, they're, they're either up there and you're wearing them out or either they're out there buried up in that in that, uh, those, that timber and, and you're, you're struggling. Yeah, you know, and I was thinking about that too. There's just so little, there's just not not that shoreline covered and shallow water uh, fishing that, that some of the other lakes present. Like you said, you got lakes like you follow where they, you know, they'll so much shallow water, they'll stay in it, which the ledge fishing is great there too. But, mm-hmm. but so when you're in West Point, and I was I was trying to picture, I hadn't been on West Point in a minute, but I was trying to think about it. And you know, when your fish are spawning, I mean, how are they spawning as shallow as they do, say in a Eufaula? 
or because of the nature of the lake, or are they usually out maybe just a, a little bit deeper than that? I think they're both. Normally, like you can't see them right now because of the mud, but like in, in, I always look forward to this time of year because you can, you know, you can get up there and, and you can see them, see them bedding. But the thing is, um, we these are northern strain largemouth, so they don't sweep out a big, you know, big old clear hole, you know, like a spare tire to spawn. You, these fish are really hard to see on the bed. You, you almost have to get up there so close that you make that fish move and you see her and then you just loop back around mm. and put your power poles down and kind of watch, start putting some baits in the area and, and see and try to get her to move again and then see where she keeps coming back to. But, um, yeah, me and a friend was talking about that and I, he, he believed that there was a lot of them that, that spawned out, you know, so deep that you couldn't see them. Now, I, I agree with him. I said, yeah, you know, if, if all we've got is what we can see, we don't, we don't have much, you know? Right. But I, I'm sure there's a lot of them falling out to be. And then a lot of times, about the time they go on beds, when they start raising the water some, you know? Right. So you may, you may, they may, you may see them really good one day and then within a day or so, you can't hardly see them at all because the water's come up, you know, six or eight more inches. So, yeah, and then you can't you see got pollen. You need to get pollen you got to deal with and all kinds of stuff on top of that. Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. What's kind of so like right now, how you've been catching them the last day or two? I mean, you are, are you, you know, kind of what kind of depth are you finding fish in and kind of what are you, what are you using to catch them? Well, they, they've been shallow. I, I'm the, the spotted bass, they, they're better. In, uh, in around rocks, any any really hard rock bottom that's got rocks, it could be big slate boulder type rocks, and it can be rocks the size of your fist. Uh, what I've been concentrating on, just because the water clarity is better in this area that I've been fishing, it's just long points that have rocks that are about the size of your fist or both your fists together, and the spots like that's where they're gonna bed at in the crevices they'll drop them eggs in those crevices of the rock and uh, i've been throwing a just a, a zoom I, now i use a four inch lizard i seem like I, I get more bites with the four inch you can really you know like some people uh i had a i had three Last week, I had, had a guy from Florida, actually, it was a veteran from came up from Florida, and he, he brought his son and then his grandson. His grandson was 11, and then his uh, his son was probably around 30. And um, you know, we we pulled into an area, and uh, it's just long, one long point after another. You don't know, have a long point in the pocket and a long point in the pocket. And we stole in the... They they didn't bring in rods or anything, and, and so I just had them suspended spinning rods rigged up with the just take like a shaky head and put that lizard on there, and that's what they they caught them on. I mean, the eleven year old he 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 reeled in twenty eight. Um, a couple of them he caught himself, and and the rest of them I, I set the hook and I said, "Here, grab this rod," and he'd grab it and go, "Oh, I got a fish," you know. <laughs> 
Uh, That's he, awesome. He had autism. He had autism, very short tension span, and so he would he would fish for me, and then he'd just hand me the rod, you know. So when I get a bite, I'd set the hook and I'd hold it for a second, and then I'd turn around, you know, and say, "Hey, I think you need to start fishing some more." And he'd grab the rod, you know. Yeah. And he, he you know, and he not knowing the fish was on there, and he's and then start hauling. I got one. I got, I got one. him. <laughs> yeah, he had the best time. Man, that's but, awesome. Um, that's awesome. Yeah, but if you go if you don't catch a big largemouth, you know, you're gonna have to cover a lot of water, and that and you can't do that with, you know, an older veteran or or two or three in the boat. You just can't do that. And um, so, Tuesday, uh, went out with a with a gentleman that was in pretty good shape, and we we bounced around, and we ended up way back up in the creek, and uh, I was throwing a big spinnerbait, and uh, caught caught that big one and and that's what i was looking for you know and i, I could have duplicated that probably and ended up with a pretty good bag of fish but i'd had to i'd had to do a lot of running you know right there's a little bit of shad trying to start spawning so you know you you got rocks anytime there's a, a pine tree with the green needles on it that's fresh and fell in the water them shad man they're gonna be all in that thing you know yeah and then, and then the bass are gonna be there if they're there for sure yeah. I and mean, he don't always leave he'll you know he's got the cover there so hang out you know you like yeah he'll hang out and if he if he's hungry at two o'clock and you come by there with a swim jig or spinner bait he's probably eat it you know yeah. So you, you mentioned, I know one of the big things on West Point that, that you do is this, is the stripe fishing, the hybrid fishing, uh, lakes just full of them and y'all catch a ton of them. You mentioned at the, earlier that, that they were all headed up the river to spawn basically. So when, when that happens, I mean, do you just, Hey, we're not stripe fishing. We're just going to concentrate on the large mouth or the spots and, and wait for them to come back. I mean, how, what, when do you start, when do you start fishing for those again? Yeah. So December, January, and February, I mean, you catching 40 to a hundred a day with jigging spoons. And, um, some, some, if I want to just catch some bath, you know, put a drop shot down there, but, um, but that last week in February, you can count it. You can mark it on your calendar. Them, them stripe and those hybrids, they are going to leave. And they, they done it this year. We, we was inside Yellow Jacket Creek. And the last trip I took, I took a veteran who had never been fishing before. He signed up at, at the Delta Airlines Veterans Day event for his PTSD. And, uh, he caught 44. And the jigging spoon. Yeah. And just had the, yeah, I had the best time. But I went back about two days later, and you could not find a fish on the depth finder. You couldn't find one nowhere. And I was like, yeah, well, I know what they're doing. When they, they pick gone. up and go, they go. They all go. Well, you know, yeah, well, the thing is, they get they get up real high in the water column. You know, it, it may be 40, 30, 40, 50 feet under them, but they're only three or four four or five feet underneath the water so you 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 can't only really pick them up with your depth finder you know and they just travel you know the problem with these these they're raised in the hatchery 
Mm-hmm. They didn't have an internal instinct of where they were born at to take them back to. And a lot of them will get, they'll get caught up in these creeks and they'll never make it up the river. You know? Yeah, they don't know where or to they go. May, they just know they're supposed yeah, to be moving. Because, moving up. That's right. That's right. You, you could go in the back of any of these creeks now, all the way back to where it gets. If there's a shoal back there, I guarantee you there's some of them striped and hybrid all the way back up in there at that shoal because they missed the turn. Yeah. They just, just confused, you know. Now, but, do uh, they the actually living, successfully spawn? Uh, they say they don't, but um, I've heard that the DNR on the uh, in Alabama quit stocking the strappers in the um, Coosa River because they figured out that they were spawning way up, you know, above Weiss, and they were actually coming through the dams and keeping the whole thing stocked. Now I don't, I can't confirm that. It's another fisherman had told me that, but uh, I knew they had quit they stocking. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know well, that. that was I didn't reason. know that was the reason. Yeah, they they felt like that they were, you know, they were getting a good enough spawn off that for the whole, you know, to keep enough in there to keep them satisfied. I don't know wow. why they wouldn't put them in there in the first place, you know. Yeah, right. I know. Um, well, yeah. I know that, um, you know, you, you've mentioned twice on here taking veterans. And, and if you're a veteran that's listening to the podcast or – You've got a relative or a friend that's a veteran. I mean, I, I love what you do with veterans. And man, just take just take just a second and kind of walk people through that if they know somebody that's interested or maybe interested themselves. My best friend and fishing buddy, he he died from Agent Orange, and um, the only thing that would really get him up and going, get him out of his depression, once they told him he had a year with the chemo or six months without, was was when I would call to see if he felt like going fishing. And so after he passed away, me and his wife started this organization to help other veterans who needed to get out and wanted to get out, but they weren't physically able or some not mentally able or some just couldn't afford to do it, you know. So uh, we started it in 2016. And um, I average last year I got 61 one-on-one trips. And then, um, then we do two events a year. I have a, I have an event coming up April the 29th here on West Point. And, um, right now I've got 20 veterans and 20 volunteers and, uh, we'll have food catered in and uh, we'll have trophies for big largemouth, big spot, big crappy, big catfish, big high river striper. And, uh, we'll have a, a big raffle to try to raise a little bit of money so we can keep doing the one-on-one trips. And then once that's done with, I'll go back to doing my one-on-one trips. And uh, and then in the fall, we'll have one on Lake Widawi, which will be our, I think, our eighth, eighth annual one on Lake Widawi coming up this fall. And uh, we, we normally have, I should get, right now I've got 20 signed up for this one coming up on the 29th. I've, and I sh- I'll probably get uh, probably seven or eight more. Last year we had 20. 27 veterans and 27 volunteers. So it, it should ever come back to about that same amount. And Man, that's awesome. about that on Lake, on Widawi. And I'm looking to maybe branch out to Logan Martin or Neely Henry or, you know, add another event this year. 
Yeah. Because uh, I, I love I love the Coosa River. I love Alabama. I was born and raised there. And uh, I can't wait to move back there. Heck yeah, man. But, Come yeah, on back can, up uh, this way. Yeah, I have had I've had veterans that heard, you know, listened to the show and came here from Huntsville, Alabama. That's um, awesome. Yeah, yeah, he drove down from Huntsville. It was in January, and, and we, I was catching those big old travel. We was trolling those then. Oh man, he had a he had a great time, and uh, he was a great guy. We had a, we had a good day. Heck yeah, man. We got you go on our website VFO, which stands for Veterans Fishing Organization, VFOHome.org, and you can sign up as a veteran for a one-on-one trip, and um, and you can like our Facebook page, uh, Veterans Fishing Organization Inc. Inc. You'll see our truck, and you'll see the uh, my buddy in a tank in Vietnam. That'll be the two pictures you see on Facebook to know it's us. Yeah. And now if somebody wants to also, if somebody's just interested in booking a trip to come fishing with you, not, not a veteran, just, uh, to book a, a day trip with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you for that? Yeah. Most of them go on kenbeardandfishing.com and on there you can send an email and, uh, or you can just, uh, you can send the email to, um, Ken with VFO at gmail.com. Good stuff, Ken. Well, man, we appreciate you. Always love having you on here. And uh, guys, like I said, if you're wanting to just book a trip to to go to West Point and figure out how to fish this lake and and catch a lot of fish, give Ken a a call, reach out to him. Uh, And for sure, if you're a vet and or or you know somebody who you think might be interested in this event, man, reach out to Ken. Uh, obviously you, you hear him on the show, you know, he's a great guy and I, I love what you do and, and appreciate it, Ken. And, uh, man, just, uh, just look forward to, to having you back on again soon, brother. Yeah. And if, if you're a business, you like to help veterans, you know, that's, that's our biggest struggle is to keep the money coming in so we could take guys. I mean, we don't, we don't take any government money or anything, you know, we just, uh, get a few small grants we put it on a few fundraisers but uh, yeah if you can uh heck yeah if your you business sponsor, out there wanting to donate veteran, yeah uh, yeah mm-hmm. that that's a great great thing to donate to for sure yeah we're we're one c 3 so it's tax deductible and uh, yeah you just contact me uh, uh you go on our website and send me an email or uh, facebook messenger me and i'll get with you and uh I sit down with you and show you where every dollar goes. I mean, it don't bother me, you know. <laughs> good stuff, man. Uh, That's good stuff. Yeah. Well, Ken, we got a bounce, man. I appreciate you. And uh, stay safe out there, brother. And we'll look forward to talking to you next time. Yes, sir. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you. All right, guys. Let's take a couple minutes and hear from some of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by Mallard Bay Outdoors. MallardBay.com is the Airbnb-style marketplace for discovering and booking your next guided hunting and fishing adventures. The Mallard Bay platform was built by sportsmen for sportsmen. Their mission is to help expand access to affordable and successful hunting by connecting you with verified outfitters across the U.S. You can browse trips and prices by state or species. Select the dates you'd like to go message outfitters, and secure your dates all from one platform, mallardbay.com. Not sure where you want to go yet? 
reach out on Instagram or Facebook and they can help you find your dream hunt. Also brought to you by L&M Marine has something for everyone from small hunting boats, pontoon boats to bigger bay boats, offshore boats, and hybrids. L&M Marine LLC prides itself on its customer service and knows how important it is to be taken care of and to have someone you can trust. They are locally owned and regularly support the community. L&M Marine provides superior customer service and has an entire team that consists of professional sales members, financial experts, service technicians, and a knowledgeable parts and accessory staff to support you. Go visit their friendly, reliable, and experienced staff now locally owned six miles north of I-10 on 34600 Highway 59 in Stapleton, Alabama, or call 251-937-1380. Also brought to you by Hayabusa Fishing. Hayabusa provides the world with outstanding fishing hooks. Hayabusa is manufactured in Japan with technical designs, functionality, durability, and styles that customers who want to catch more fish demand. Hayabusa Fishing works tirelessly to provide the highest quality products manufactured and ensures current and prospective customers achieve a higher level of performance by using innovative products. From sabikis and saltwater hooks and jigs to freshwater hooks, see what they're all about at hayabusafishing.com. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Great first segment with Ken there at West Point and love what he does with the veterans. And man, y'all love uh, you're if you're looking for something to some charity to get involved with or donate to from your through your company, uh, reach out to Ken. Uh man, he's he's working hard to to do what he can do. And uh, I'm sure that he would appreciate appreciate any help that he might could get. But man, let's leave West Point and let's go not too far from there. To you following my man, Tony Adams, your crappy catching fool. What's going on? Man, I don't know it, brother. How are you? Man, I was good. I was good until I started looking at these pictures you just sent me, and I ain't so good no more. I can't catch fish like that. Man, I tell you what, it's kind of been a little different this year. You know, we've had we've had rain. We've had wind. You know, the weather's been off and on, hot and cold. You catch your weather right. Man, you you fill up the boat. Uh, we've had a lot of rain north of us, you know, up around Phoenix City, Columbus, Atlanta. You know, I reckon there was about nine inches that fell up that way. That you know, most of all that water, you know, came right through here. So they they've really pulled a lot of water on us. You know, pulling it, you know, getting it off them. Been out there a couple of times. You know, tried to fish the main lake, and you'd throw out your little buoy, and the buoy would just completely unravel. You know, there was generating so much water down there, but. Fishing's been fair. Um, water's been high. You know, now it's low. You know, it's going up and down. You know, in the last two days, I bet it's, you know, fell three feet. Um, it's hard to fish for those crappy, you know, on the spawn around the banks when the when the water's up and down like that. And I'm sure the fish probably don't know what to do neither. I mean, you know, you may right. catch them two feet or you may catch them, you know, six feet deep right off the bank. You know, we, I like to see it when it's consistent, you know, so that, you know, those, those fish is you know, kind of up there, you know, 12, two foot, three foot deep right off the bank. But, you know, with the water level, you know, going up and down, it, it, it's kind of played a little toll on the, on the spawn fishing here. But, you know, a lot of the fish has, has spawned out. Uh, you'll catch some, seem like the medium to smaller ones now is mainly what's, what we're seeing around the bank. Catching some good ones, you know, shooting docks. And some of those are spawned out too, but every once in a while you'll get one that, you know, that's still got eggs. But um, if we can get the weather conditions right 
you know, I, I know that you follow us. You, you know, one of the things that's known for, of course, great bass fishing and great crappie fishing. But with the crappie is, you know, and and the when they're spawning, it's probably it's a great lake for for fishing that really really shallow up on the bank, and this can catch a ton of fish that way. Um, are they still? I know I know that the water's been jacked up and up and down and muddy, and that definitely affects. You know, the crappie don't feel comfortable being up that shallow because they don't know if it's going to be, you know, e- even in the water in the next day or two, the way it's fluctuated. But do you think the, is, are they still coming up and spawning or is that over or, or will that last a few more weeks? It's going to be a few more weeks. You know, like I say, we was out there Friday. I think we kept 66 Friday around the bank and we was fishing we was fishing jigs, throwing it next to the bank, you know, reeling it real slow, pausing it and letting it kind of fall back down, coming back to the boat. No, and you're so not you fishing a cork them. or anything like this. You're just, just, just shooting a, a jig out or, or throwing a jig out and just fishing it back, letting it fall. Right. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so really, you know, real slow and then pausing it. And usually when you pause it, that's when they, when they hit it. And you, you know, we're fishing probably from one foot deep right off the bank, you know, letting it work all the way back to the to the boat. You know, we may be as deep as six feet deep and we're catching them, you know, one feet, you know, one foot of water, three foot of water, six foot of water. Sometimes you catch them right there beside the boat, reeling it up, you know, to bring it back up to make another cast. So, right. So they're, I mean, like you said, the fish don't. You know, I think I think the fish spawned also down here in deeper water this year because because of the you know the water conditions up and down up and down. You know, they they probably knew if they got on the bank and you know the water levels falling that they needed to go in a little deeper water. Yeah, know, to, to, to lay spawn. When you're shooting the docks this time of year, when when fish are up, I mean, are you looking for docks in specific? depths of water and uh do you how do you kind of do it do you start at the closest to the bank and work your way out on that dock shooting it yeah I, I like i like to <clears throat> i like to find some with wooden poles wooden pole docks seem like to me they hold a lot more fish because i think some of those fish you know probably spawn lay their eggs on the on the wooden docks and a lot of times you can take your side image and look in there and see if there's any fish in there and you can kind of tell which pole they're at. You know, if they're at the first pole closest to the to the depth finder, or the second, or third, or fourth. But still, I'll work. I'll work all of them. So I, what I'll do is I'll shoot, you know, all the way up under the dock, you know, towards the back. And you know, when you see those fish, you can kind of tell how deep they are. If they're six or eight foot, you know, they may be fifteen feet. And I'll try to work that work that depth that they're at. So. You know, and I'll do it the same way that I do on the bank. You know, I'll take it and let it fall. You know, I'll count count down, and then I'll reel it real slow, and then I'll pause it and let it fall, and reel it real slow, you know, several rounds, and then I'll pause it so it falls back down. And then, um, like I say, if you've got <clears throat> Mega Live or Live Scope, I mean, that kind of takes yeah. a lot of the guessing out, but right? If you don't, yeah. If you don't have it, then, you know, you, you can always still catch them, you know, just getting that depth down and, and which, which, which one of those poles are they really around? Cause you know, some poles may not have any, any crappy on it and you may have a pole that's got 
you know, 30 on it, you know? So when you find, find that pole, you see them on your side image and you'll know which, which one you really need to work because that's where your fish are, are staged. Well, my neighbor, I talked about this other, I don't like talking about it, but I'm going to talk to you about it since we're so good friends on here. But my neighbor is a, is a, is a dock shooter. That's all he does. He loves it. And me and him went and man, I was, I'll say this. It doesn't take long. You know, you, if people think that shooting docks, if they're intimidated by, you know, the accuracy, it's amazing how how quick you can get good and accurate at shooting those jigs under those docks. And I got, man, I, I could do it. But now me and him sat on the front of his boat with the same exact jig, shooting it to the same exact spot. And I, I think he caught like 15 or 16 to my nine for a little while hmm. there. He was wearing me out and I was, I could not figure out that it still don't make sense. To, I still don't know what I was doing wrong. I don't know if I just wasn't letting it get deep enough or I was letting it get too deep, but there was obviously something there. And, and I'm assuming with the depth that, that I was just missing. But I was really yeah. frustrated, Tony. I'm still mad about it. <laughs> yeah, after you, after you get you know the depth down, you know it's it's you know that you know sometimes they'll want it on a real slow roll where you're just reeling it real slow. My and I do it sometimes, you know, but I really like to reel it real slow and pause it. Something about that pause, that dropping of that bait falling, they can't stand it, you know, but. But it, it, it it's you know more than likely if if I was a betting man I'd say it was probably the depth you know he had the depth down and you know I he did. quite didn't have the depth down but what? you know as far as shooting docks it's really nothing to it I mean you know as far as that goes you can get in your front yard get your rod you know shoot it under the truck or shoot it under the car you know just you know just standing up or sitting in a right. chair and then you know. That's what I it did. It don't take yeah. long. It does take a little practice, but you know, after you get it down, I mean, I mean, it, it's really nothing to it. You can be surprisingly accurate with it after you get after you get it down, and that's what I did. I practiced in the heck. I practiced in the yard, the living room, everywhere else. But I think nothing. What do you when you're shooting docks? Do you feel the majority of the bites or see the majority of the bites? I probably see it because I'm. You know, and I don't know why, but I'm really bad about watching my line, you know, watching my line fall or a pause in it or, you know, a twitch in it. I probably catch most of my fish on eyesight watching that line. That's the other thing I was wondering if I was missing. If, if I just, if I was, I, I called my, I was watching the line, but it may just be that. You know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know what I was looking for as much as he did. And, and he was seeing the, that line, you know, make a little either stop or make a little move. And, and uh, I wasn't seeing that, which I can't half see anymore anyway. So maybe that's, maybe that's the problem. That little twitch, you know, same way in the summertime, if I'm out there, that, that brush pile, you know, and I'm throwing at the brush pile, you know, instead of feeling it, I'm watching that line. So if I see that line twitch or stop falling or, you know, act strange, you know, I, I set the hook. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that line, 
you know, and I'm sure everybody kind of got it their different ways, but but 90% of my fish is caught when I'm jig fishing is watching that line. Without ever feeling it? With every, well, not even feeling it. 90%? That's a big number. Yes, yeah, sir. That, I mean, I've, but, you know, that's the way I've done it for so long, you know, and, and, and I probably do it 90% of the time. You know, when I'm reeling it real slow, even when they're on spawn, it seems like when I stop that, that bait, you know, pause it, that line of twitch and you can just set your hook. You know, I mean, it, it's just amazing. I mean, <clears throat> but you can still catch them with, without watching the line, but I, I just always, always watch my line. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got to go redeem myself for sure. So, <clears throat> hey, looking at those. I mean, man, I, th- some of those pictures you sent me a while ago, those are some big crappie. Yes, sir. They're, you know, like I say, I believe the bigger crappie moves up earlier and spawn, and then you get your mid to smaller ones come in next. There's still a few good ones that's still there. There was probably, I don't know, in that picture I sent you, probably a good 15 that was good fish. And the rest of them was, you know, more of the medium size, you know, the, you know, the eight, nine inch, you know, still good eating fish, but, you know, not the, you know, pound and a quarter, pound and a half, two pounders, like, you know, we like to catch, we all like to catch them all the time, but, but you like to say on the, on the banks, you know, spawn fishing seem like our bags has been a lot of mixed bags, you know what I'm saying? Right. Medium, small and large, you know, coming out of the same, same areas. Oh, Oh, the majority, those look like, those look, uh, the majority look like they're black car crappie. Yeah. Well, you know, on Am Lake I wrong Ufala, there? No, yeah. Most of them are males. You know, there's, there's pretty much all we have is black crappie here on Lake Eufaula, okay. but, but when they turn dark, you know, that's the males and most of them are male fish that's up there you know, fanning the beds or garden the eggs or whatever. So yes, or most all those are the males. Okay. Okay. Well, that's a heck of a good looking stringer fish. That's for sure. So, all right, guys, let's take a few moments and hear from some of this week's sponsors. Baker's Metal Works and Dixie Supply. Baker Metal Works and Dixie Supply offer numerous items to help you get your project done right the first time. They carry a variety of different panel profiles in your choice of colors and gauges with all the matching trim and accessories. They also offer a full line of hardware items and post-frame building designs. Their friendly and knowledgeable sales representatives are always willing to help answer any questions or concerns you may have. Contact them with any questions or get a free estimate today. Baker's Metal Works and DC Supply, your metal roofing headquarters. Also brought to you by Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The days of heading out and blindly looking for good fishing areas are pretty much over. Don't waste time and money on fuel searching for fish. You need the most recent, highest resolution images to not only know where to go, but where not to go. The knowledge provided by today's technology is critical when planning an offshore fishing trip. Make the choice that the professional captains all over the Gulf of Mexico make and choose Hilton's Real-Time Navigator. The easy-to-use interface and excellent customer service will have you on the fish every time you go. Check it out at Hilton'sOffshore.com. So when you're fishing 
the bank and, and fishing these spawning, is there some certain colors that you kind of lean on more than others? And the second part of that question is, I had somebody ask me the other day about a jig with a spinner. Do you ever fish a spinner or are, are you just minnows and, and jigs straight without a spinner? Yeah, during the spawn, I, I pretty much just jig fish. I have not used, I mean, I have used the spinners, but, you know, I don't use them much. And I reckon I've just always used just the jig, mm-hmm. you know, and I could use different colors based on the water color. You know, if it's clear, I'll use a clear. But my favorite color for the spawn here on Lake Ufall, Alabama is Acid Rain. Acid Rain is a white yellow chartreuse, and it's a, a triple tail, a curly tail, you know, that's got the little triple tails in it. The body's white and yellow, the tail's chartreuse. And then as far as the head, my favorite head has always been orange and pink. If you, if you see, it's usually if you see one of my rods, it's usually got an orange or pink head on it, usually a 16th ounce. And like I say, every once in a while, if the, dark, the water gets really muddy then i'll i'll change up you know i may do something like the electric chicken you know or i may use something that's got some orange or pink in it you know maybe a a black chartreuse but my all-time favorite even if the if the lake is muddy that that acid rain that yellow white chartreuse with a with a pink orange head has always been my go-to and 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 you pretty one sixteenth is is your main jig size. Sixteenth well, ounces, yes, sir. That's that's my main one I fish with. Is sixteenth ounce. Good deal. Good deal. Well, whatever you got, you got it figured out because I know you catch and fish. And uh, man, it looks like you put some incredible structure out there this year too. You sent me some pictures of that. It's just amazing how it shows up on your electronics. Man, y'all y'all put a lot of work into that. Yes, sir. That you know. My my favorite time of the year is is usually you know the end of April you know going through you know pretty much Christmas. Um, I love my brush piles. You know the part of that you know you got to work on them, keep them up. You know keep them you know so the fish is coming to them. Uh, reworking some from you know the years past. Found a few new ones this year that you know that you know, like I say, I sent you some of those pictures. It's, it's kind of amazing how some of those look and you know, what, what was already there, but there's, I mean, that's the key. You got, you've got to have places, even though there's a lot of natural stuff here on the lake, I do love to, you know, fix my brush piles up. So I've got more locations to go, you know, in case, you know, they're not biting on the, that natural timber. I've got another place to go. You got options. get some that's right yeah no matter what the wind direction is uh or the depth i mean you've got so many places that you can go and and find the fish when you're you know i i know that you know you do a lot of stuff in five gallon buckets and you know with with with, and and cement the limbs in there and stand them up whether it's crepe myrtles or whatever it may be but when you are putting when you're building structure for cropping are you like a five gallon bucket with the limbs in it, you know, whether it's five or six or eight or 10 limbs in it, how many of those will you put on, how, how, do you put like, 
just one out in the area or do you put three or four together uh, to make it bigger or how do you do that? It's according to how those limbs are set in the bucket, you know, usually a minimum of three and usually a max of five. Okay. And that makes a real good pile. Yeah, that and makes a like good say, pile. Yes, sir. And like I say, that you know, your your crepe myrtles sometimes they're a little more bushier than your than your bamboo. So a bucket may have a wider spread because of how the limbs comes off. So some cases, if it if it's got good limbs coming off, you know, you can space them three, and you can have a a good spot. If it's smaller stuff, you know, if it's bamboo, you know. It's usually four to five per spot. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was wondering. I was wondering if you stacked several of them in one place, or if you just put one bucket in each location. I figured you kind of put multiple, but I, I was always wondering how how big you made the pile, right? So that's a good yeah. explanation of it. Yeah. So if you got if you got a bucket, you know, and you're putting bamboo right and left of the bucket, one bucket's probably going to cover you about an eight to ten foot span. Okay, from the from the very top of the bamboo, you put another one beside it. You know, you've got another eight to ten foot span, so you may have fifteen to twenty foot span with two buckets. So yeah. I'll I'll usually do two, and I'll kind of kind of do do one out from the two, facing either north or south. So that way, based on which way that wind's blowing, you know, if it's blowing from the from the south, I can pull on up on it. And whoever's fishing in the front, no matter which side they're on, they're on fish. You know, same way that brush pile, you know, like if it's blowing from the from the east or west, you know, with, with three good buckets there, I, I can pretty much line up on it. So, you know, my client's at the front of the boat's on fish. Heck, yeah. That's awesome, man. I love how you do that. And these pictures are just after you've, some, you know, first of all, to see what you're how you're building them and, and how you, how you do them. And then to see what they look like and on your electronics is, is really cool to see. Right. That's cool stuff. And, well, and I have done, you know, as many as eight buckets in a hole, you know, where I, where I take four, you know, run them in one straight line and then come back behind it and run another four, you know, and it's all depending on, you know, in the creeks where the wind's not that bad, you can, you can pretty much do them in a straight line, but on that big water where there's a lot of current, the winds, you know, could come any direction on you anyway. And to get out of, out of some of that, that wind and, you know, white caps and all that, then, you know, I, I really have to think that a little more than, than I do in the creeks. Cause in the creeks, a lot of times you're blocked from, you know, at least three different sides of, of of the wind, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah, for sure. Well, man, I know you stay in booked up, uh, but you know, if, uh, if, if somebody wants to, to book a trip with you down to Ufala and, and, uh, load the boat up like you do every day, what's the best <laughs> way for them to contact you? Uh, Tony Adams, three, three, four, six, nine, five. Three zero zero three. That's three three four six nine five three zero zero three. Or you can look me up, you know, on Facebook, Tony Adams, uh, Lake Fall, Alabama. Now, look, I, I ain't saying this to set you up to, to to brag or anything, and and I ain't want you to lie. Do you ever take clients that don't limit out? You know, it's. <laughs> it's... <laughs> 
you know, there, there's probably about five trips a year where the weather conditions is just not right. But I'll usually let them know up front, you know, that say, hey, this is going to be a pretty rough day. You know, it's 15 mile an hour winds. It's, you know, rainy. You know, I will do my very best. There's probably about, I don't know, five a year. Maybe it's really tough. Yeah. And then, then it's all depending on how, what size fish they want to catch. You know, as far as going out there, catching a limited fish, usually it's no problem. But, you know, some people just want, I mean, really good fish. And then I've got some that, you know, don't want to keep but 10 or 12 fish. I mean, they don't care nothing about limiting it out. They just want 15, good 20 good-eating fish. That's all they want. We may turn back 90 fish. But usually in most cases, you know, limiting it out is usually not a problem. And so pretty much you're going to limit out. If there's not a tornado warning in the area, you you about gonna you about gonna limit out. That's pretty good. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Pretty at good, least Tony. at least <laughs> at least when you start coming up into you know end April, May, June, July, August, all the way to December, January and February, March, I don't go as much because um, usually I'm 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 spending most of my time getting ready, you know, for the for the summer bite, you know, building structure. This time of year is kind of a little tough because you never know the weather conditions, what it's going to do. So January, February, March, 1st of April, I don't do a whole lot. We do go, we catch, you know, we catch fish, but I don't, I don't spend a lot of my time because my favorite time to, to fish is, is more the, the summertime. Yeah. But, but this time of the year, if the weather conditions are right, then there's no problem living it out. Well, you know, uh, guys, uh, if, if you listen, I, I urge you, if you want to go to Ufala or, or, or go, you know, just catch a heck of a lot of crappie and, and some good ones and learn a tremendous amount. Give Tony a call. He gave his number on here already. And, uh, I, I know you stay booked out well, well in advance. So if it's something you're interested in, man, go ahead, call Tony, get on the books. And, uh, and get excited because you're going to catch fish. I see it. Well, man, always love having you on here, Tony. I appreciate you, brother. And, uh, man, keep on doing what you do. And we'll talk to you again soon, my friend. All right, brother. Y'all have a good weekend. All right. You do the same. Take care. All right. See you, brother. Thank you. All right, guys. Let's take a couple more minutes and hear from a few more of this week's sponsors. This segment was brought to you by MB Ranch King Hunting Blinds and Feeders are built to last right here in the USA. With durability and convenience in mind, MB Ranch King's maintenance-free blinds are built and constructed with high-grade steel and come in a variety of sizes to meet any hunter's needs. We also offer high-quality, easy-to-use corn and protein feeders that can be filled with both feet on the ground. Call Kevin today for more information or get a quote at 205-807-2937. MB Ranch King, built in the pursuit of perfection. Also brought to you by National Land Realty. 
Hey guys, this is Brian Sin, and not only am I the host of the Alabama Freshwater Fisher Report, but I am also a land agent for National Land Realty. Hey, you guys already trust me with bringing you the fishing report from around the state of Alabama, but if you have any needs with wanting to sell property or looking for property to purchase, hey, give me a shout. I would love to help you. My number is 601-383-2344. All right, guys, welcome back to the show. Hey, awesome show today. Go down to you fall and catch some crappie with Tony. That's all I can say. Or go over there with Ken. Man, get on some of these stripers. I mean, he's, that time of year is is just unbelievable there when they're when they're catching them just for numbers. And then also the I mean the him the bass fishing there is is unbelievable as well. And Ken sure knows how to find the fish and put you on them. So we appreciate both those guys bringing us reports today. That's going to be a wrap for this week's show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and leave us a review wherever you listen. And if you'd like us to email you the podcast, we'll do it. All you got to do is text the word fishing to 314-665-1767. We'll email it to you every week. Stay safe out there, guys. Look forward to talking to y'all next week. This week's Alabama Freshwater Fishing Report was brought to you by Southeastern Pond Management. If you want to grow big fish or healthier fish or just get your lake in better shape, call Southeastern Pond Management. You can call Norman Latona. Check them out on sepond.com. And by Killer Dock. Killer Dock combines durability, function, and design to uniquely upgrade your entire dock experience. Visit KillerDock.com to check out the greatest fish cleaning station known to mankind. And by Bucks Island. Bucks Island has been in business since 1948 for all of your new and used boat needs, as well as motor sales and services, and now they have a pro-level tackle store. Boat and motor trade-ins are welcome. Visit them online at bucksislands.com or give them a call at 256-442-2588. And by Texas Hunter. Since 1954, Texas Hunter Products has delivered the finest quality fishing game feeders and hunting blinds in the industry. To learn more, visit texashunter.com. And Votonis Defense is proud to offer the PD Pro line of night vision systems. These ultralight night vision systems deliver the cleanest image, best resolution, best overall performance and function of any night vision system available. Votonis Defense, masters of darkness. And by OutdoorAlabama.com. That's where I learned the basics of how to hunt and fish, including what's in season and which license to buy. Learn more at OutdoorAlabama.com. Go hunt, go fish, get outdoors. This message was brought to you by the Alabama Department of Conservation and Natural Resources. And by AFCO. Family-owned and operated, AFCO fishing apparel and tackle are designed to handle the harshest elements. Visit AFCO.com for on-the-water performance gear. Also brought to you by NorthAlabama.org. Are you looking for a real adventure? Whether you're experienced or just a weekend angler looking to land the big one, North Alabama is the place to go for your next fishing expedition. For more information, visit www.northalabama.org and click on Plan to download a North Alabama fishing guide. And by Great Days Outdoors Magazine. Pick up a Great Days Outdoors Magazine subscription and become a better Southern outdoorsman. You can save and buy online at greatdaysoutdoors.com.